everybody. Welcome once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics, the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. Comics. This is one of your hosts, Matt. This is your other host, Brett. Yeah. We put our names in the show so that it's not weird whenever we tell you our names when we say that we're the hosts. Yeah, and so that we also get all the money when the film rights get bought. Yeah, yeah. You can't put a price tag on our personalities. Um... This is very NPR. Yeah, yeah. We've got a really <laughs> intimate episode. <laughs> this is very I gotta chill. say we've been doing this for almost eighty episodes now, uh just about two years, and we have yet to do a book club episode where it's just you and I. Right, yeah. And uh circumstances being what they were, lo and behold, here we are. Uh we are covering Kick Ass Two. Uh, looking for that SEO. Looking for that SEO. Yeah, because that SEO juice. Because a lot of uh, web crawlers also crawl the audio transcripts of yeah. podcasts. I like it. Well, but, we have interns that transcribe every word. Yeah, and every um. Yeah, all of the ums, all of the uhs, uh, and then we make them edit them all out and then put them in in different places. You're almost kind of des- des- describing how I edited the very first episode. Yeah, because I went through and I edited it out. So many, like every dead space and um. I do that a lot. That was well, stupid. When I when I edit them, I try to do as much of that as I can. But there's a at a certain point, especially when you're doing like field edits, Oof. like edits from like the field, like the background noise just sounds completely different. And yeah, I've just been trying. I mean, this is hey, here's how the sausage is made. Yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to just figure out how to get the hum from my laptop overheating out, just yeah. filtering that out. I feel like, because that's like a frequency, and I keep thinking, like, that's a thing that you should be able to edit out. You can find things that. Things of a frequency. Mm-hmm. Not so. Not yet. Tis not a thing which we understand to I do. I did discover compression, though. Oh, yeah. Compression's super, super key. So I do that now. Compression and uh, noise leveling. So you've listened to, like, like, three or four episodes. I think since episode 74 on, we've been compressed. Yeah. <laughs> For, so... Did you notice a difference, listeners? Guys, we're getting better at it. It's only um, taken 74 episodes. In fact, we're starting to kick ass at two. it. Much like the book that we're reading today, uh, Kick-Ass 2 by Mark Miller. It's Miller, right? It is Miller, even though it is not spelled It's that spelled way. Millar, but his it last name is Miller. Uh, <sighs> Scots. Yeah. Freaking Scots. Uh, Mark Miller and um, drawn, by, drawn by John Romita Jr., and uh, Tom Palmer on finishes and ink washes and colored uh, amazingly, because uh, I'm going to gush about that a little later, by Dean White. By Dean White, except on the last, I think, two issues. Oh? I noted the, the who did, the Dan Brown comes on to do, like, I think the last two, is, two issues. Oh, because he was done writing the Angels and Demons books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he came on. <laughs> I thought that was a serious thing for a second. Yeah. And then I realized it wasn't. Um, uh, and also, like, these also, these issues came out over the course of, like, December 2010, uh-huh. all the way through, I think, like, let me, let me look, let me look, like, uh, May, oh, May 2012. 2012. <laughs> yeah, so it took about a year and a half to come out. Well, because, uh, Dean White was, I mean, he started doing Uncanny X-Force at the top of this, I would say, right? Didn't Uncanny X-Force start December 2010 or 2011? Yeah. December 2011, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why Dean White became a hot, hot commodity. Yeah. Uh, what, what was Ramita doing? Was he was that during his new Avengers run? Or Avengers run, or one of his Avengers runs? It was. Yeah. 
Heroic Age and all that. Yeah, yeah that was that's... 2010. Yeah, so... So it was a... Uh, but, I mean, Ramita's a guy who's constantly busy anyhow, and not just drawing interiors, but I think he does, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, too, and... He draws all my birthday cards. He does. He draws my birthday year. cards. Um, <laughs> he draws a bath for me every night. <laughs> he draws... No, let's lose my breath. He draws my breath, baby. Let <laughs> me draw my breath. Baby boy. See, now we're not in, we're not in NPR mode anymore. No, no, no. We've gotten out of it. <laughs> no, I'm just crazy. Um, so yeah, kick ass to now. Before we jump into this, I, I, let's let's talk about this. Um, I do know that you did not care for the first kick ass. <laughs> not that you didn't care for it. You, you there, there were. I have a complex relationship with the first kick ass. Yeah. That first issue, I gave like a 9.3 yeah. on my personal ratings that I'm the only human that's ever seen them, mm-hmm. except for the couple of times I've shared them. On the Brett White uh, scale. No, like that first, well, like, because, and this is the the thing that about Kick-Ass that is good, is I I like the high premise. Yeah. I like, I really like any time both of these series uh, handle, like, what it would really be like to be a superhero. Like, the only yeah. reason that Dave can be a superhero is because his dad works nights. Like, I like things like that. I like that in the second one, at some point, he says, like, my secret identity was revealed by, via Twitter. Yeah. Like, I, I get that, because that is... It's that Young Avengers thing, where it's like, yeah, that page in Young Avengers where it's all Instagram recaps is probably going to be super dated in a year. Yeah. But, like, who cares? Right now, it feels super right now. And that's yeah. the point of it, in a way. Yep. Um, so I think, like, the first one did that. I... I fell off of Kick-Ass at some point. I think... I, I didn't really mind it. I just... I think the issues 6 and 5 and... Like, the last couple issues came out, and I just didn't even notice they came out. Sure. Um, but the movie was a little bit... I don't know. The movie is where I've gotten my the the entirety of the first Kick-Ass story. So if they differ, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, I found... It's, it, it's fine... I am not comfortable with an ending of a superhero movie that is all about how awesome guns are. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I don't know. I've gotten a little bit more, even more sensitive uh, about that since we want to start getting into mass shootings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I don't No, know. no. I yeah. think it's an important thing, especially because with the movie coming out on my birthday, oh, it's... Oh, Happy um, birthday. <laughs> thanks. Um, Jim Carrey has chosen to not participate in promotion yeah. for the movie because he ha- he feels that, especially since Newtown, that it's it's actually a bigger problem than he had initially thought. Yeah, I've had people, I've heard people like give him shit, like, well, he didn't know what the movie was when he signed up to do it, and I kind of just want to be like, yeah, he did, assholes. Did you read a statement where he said? Since Newtown, yeah, yeah, like that, which is a which is a pretty good reason to ease off of promoting Kickass, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, a bunch of kids getting murdered. Like the thing is, like, like it's one thing everyone can say that in hindsight, but like, you know, if giant insects start biting people's heads off, then yeah. like if Starship you shot Troopers a movie, movies yeah. not getting made anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can say that after it's happened, but if we don't know, like, if we don't know the likelihood of that happening beforehand and we yeah. we do a satire of it. it you know someone makes a satire of that that's that's one thing and you're also allowed to change your mind yeah i like i like that uh in this in, in a lot of these argumentative scenarios people act as if they are they have always made a decision 
and never gone back yeah. on it because they're still dating the very first person that they ever went out with. And Earth Angel, yeah. Earth Angel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the Under the Sea dance just came. Enchantment Under my the Sea. Yeah. That's a yeah. Well, I mean, that was a simpler time. That was 1955. And also knowing, well, also like with the day job I have now, I've had to keep very, very much abreast of all of Kickass Two. So even before reading this, I knew a lot about the plot and I knew a lot about the characters, all of which. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like when when to start unpacking certain certain things about this book. All the characters are named ridiculously. Yeah, they're all ridiculously named. It, was Dave's name something that Mark Miller like auctioned? What is it or something like that? Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. It'd be on Bleeding Cool, definitely. Yeah, I like Bleeding Cool has the direct pipeline to all things Mark Miller. Yeah, <laughs> right? don't they actually? Isn't there, aren't they actually like really good buddies or something? Well, I, you know, Mark Miller is, and I, I'm sure he would be the first to tell you as well, a shameless self-promoter because yeah. he's a hustler. He's a guy that works really hard and likes to advertise his stuff as much as yeah. he can. And Rich Johnston was a guy who liked his work and would promote it. So Mark Miller naturally uh, yeah. got in touch with him and was always like, hey, uh, I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it stemmed from the 9-11 problems with authority. Okay. That's a long time ago. Yeah. That was back when, um, man, that might have even been when Rich Johnston was still writing All the Rage. Okay. And not even lying in the gutters. What was, do I want to get into the 9-11 controversy with authority? Because I've only read the first arc of his authority run. Well, let's, we'll... Let's cover it this way. So we're talking about our creators of this uh, of this book. Uh, first, let's say uh, John Romita Jr. has outside of Kick Ass, Hit Girl, Kick Ass Two, Kick Ass Three, and was the Gray Area. Oh, what's that? that he it was a creator owned book okay. that he did for Image. Oh. Um, he's never done anything outside of Marvel. So yeah, his work is pretty much emblematic of of Marvel across the decades and. He's never been a guy to make big waves or, or anything like that. He's yeah. always been a consummate professional, always turns his work in, um, and in, in fact, like, you know, has been known to do longer, consistent stretches of books than anyone else in recent memory. Yeah. Especially I mean, he, in today's, like, comic climate. Yeah, and he, I mean, in terms of all-time favorite artists, he at one point was very much up there for me. I mean, I started reading Uncanny X-Men... When he came back for his second stint. So that big, bulky, blocky, liney, Ramita style. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's wrapped up in warm fuzzies for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uncanny 300, 301, like all those just such good, just good issues. Uh, and then even going back, I mean, he also did the back half of From the Ashes. He did my favorite X-Men story ever. So he did half of 175 and 176 on Kenny X-Men. Like, he's he did. been around forever. There is probably not a Marvel character... He, like, has he ever had a Fantastic Four arc? Because he's done Daredevil, he's done Spider-Man, he's done Punisher, he's done Iron Man, he's done X-Men, he's done Avengers. Has I mean, he done... I mean, he's drawn them in other books, yeah. but I don't know that he's ever actually had he's a He's done Thor. He did the Thor relaunch in 97. Like, the guy is right. all over Marvel. yeah. So, basically, you can't talk about Kick-Ass... Like, a discussion about Kick-Ass 2 is a discussion about the creators. Yep. I feel. 
No, I agree. <laughs> Genre Mutant Year comes well, out fine. Well, it's a creator-owned book, yeah. And um, on the other side of the coin, you have Mark Miller, who is famous for two things. His great Superman Adventures stories. Oh, I need to read those. And uh, courting controversy with the stories that he tells in other comic books. I only said that to contrast. Uh, but, by the way, his Superman Adventures stories in the 90s were great. Yeah. Um, so, back in the early aughts, he took over authority from Warren Ellis oh. and Brian Hitch. Uh, it was Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. And they... A, a, a weird little uh, flip, right? Did Ellison... When did Ellison quietly work together? Did they ever? Or am I thinking about Morrison? I think you're thinking of Morrison. I always... Because I was thinking, like, Ellison... Because Miller and Hitch are so tied to yeah. Ultimates in my head that it's it always jolts me. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Hitch authority is Ellis. Right. <laughs> anyway. <so>. Right. Uh, <laughs> quietly did covers on Transmetropolitan very okay. early on. So, I think... Other than that, I can't recall anything that they'd done together. But... Um, yeah, that Miller Quietly run was interrupted by 9-11 because oh, yeah. the authority had gotten so violent and there yeah. were these very violent attacks on America in the book by characters that were analogs of the Avengers. Um, so much so that it, it, they stopped, DC stopped, um, it went production out, of the book. Yeah, it went out of order. Cause I was, yeah. there was a sale on Comixology and so I bought every issue and I noticed that like part one, part two, part three, a three-issue guest by, like, Art Adams or someone. Or someone yeah, yeah, big. Tom Pyre yeah. and, like... Yeah, there, there were... There were, there were like, some weird fill-in issues for, like, five or six issues, and then they got yeah. back to the story. But by then, it wasn't even Miller and Quitely anymore. Yeah. Um, Mark Miller actually wound up leaving DC in protest. Uh, and then left... Yeah. Left and, you know, several months later started Ultimates. Yeah, I have I have a weird relationship with Miller too because in part like, he seems like the nicest guy because mm-hmm. I have had to watch a bunch of inter- interviews with him about yeah. like the guys too and stuff and he just seems, he seems like a perfectly delightful dude uh-huh. delightful dude uh, I love Ultimates I'm wondering and I've read Ultimates recently but that was right before Avengers came out and I'm wondering how well Ultimates holds up. Because uh, I loved it at the time, but oh man, Whew. after reading this, I now don't know if I can ever like Mark Miller again. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah, I think Mark Miller has some. Um, I don't know. It's I. It's the it's it's the thing where it's hard to divorce an artist's work from who they are as a person. Sure. Because like I I definitely don't think that Mark Miller has ever gunned down children. No. <laughs> no, that's definitely not true. And I also know he doesn't think that's right. But still, like he as a creative person still thinks that it's okay to put that in a story and put that out there. Mm-hmm. Like this is my creator own thing where I can do whatever I want to. I choose to write a story where a teenage girl gets raped. Viciously, yeah. Well, at, right after all of her, like I choose to do that. Yeah, that's kind of like, oh well, I don't know if we can be bros then. Like that's when you're when you are removed from all like rules and filters. That's where your mind goes. It's yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, there 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 are absolutely no filters yeah, on kick Not at all. A lot of nice color. Too. A lot of nice color filters. Oh, a lot of nice color <laughs> filters. Um. So yeah. So the the opening of our story, we we jump in. 
and it's been some time. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did the Hit Girl miniseries take place between Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2? It, it does take place, but it didn't come out in between. Okay. It came out, I think, concurrently, based on the dates. Oh, well then maybe that's why it took a year and a half to come out. Because yeah. John Romita would have been drawing both of those books. Because um, just, yeah, like I think... Hit Girl, I think, started in, like, 2011, so a year after this, but I guess they both came out sporadically. Okay. Uh, but it's set in between, but it, but Kick-Ass 2 did, came out after, or okay. came out before it. Um, but there is a time jump, and you get Hit Girl training Kick-Ass to yes. fight, which yeah. makes sense. Um, and pulling no punches, she is the foulest-mouthed uh, 11 and three-quarter-year-old that I have... <laughs> yeah, maybe ever met, and I thought that I thought that I had a pretty foul mouth when I was a kid. Um, you know, the language is pretty free flowing in this book. Um, oh yeah, I mean, let I me. Mean, that's where you run down the names of people, which is like, I mean, Kick Ass. When I mean, Kick Ass is the name of your book and your main character, main hero, then you sure. Know. And then you have the motherfucker who is the bad guy. Yes, formerly the Red Mist. Formerly the Red Mist. You have his team, the Toxic Mega Cunts. Yes. Also, trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a ton of trigger warnings in this episode, people. Also, spoiler warnings. Also, spoiler warnings. <laughs> but I'm more concerned about the trigger warnings. Yeah. We're probably going to be getting into some hairy areas. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get <laughs> so, some real hairy areas with um, you. <laughs> uh, and th- this, is, this, is, this is like a light problem I have with Mark Miller. Whereas, like, in this book... Uh, Basically, it operates under the assumption that everyone in the Kick-Ass universe, when they decide to become a superhero, they automatically go by bondage gear and start cursing a lot. Yes. <laughs> like, like, why is Night Bitch a thing? Yeah. Seriously, like, Night Bitch? And the- she's wearing, like, a weird choker and, like, leather panties and yes. thigh-high boots? Like, what do you... No. <laughs> the- yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> fashion choice and name choice, for sure. Yeah. This is, like, I feel like if you grab a group of, like, six rando people... Maybe one of them is going to have a code name with a curse word in it. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like maybe one of them would. Not, yeah. not, not like almost all of them. You know, I I feel like I feel like reading this and thinking about it on like a sort of macro level that Mark Miller is, and he may have well already said this in an interview that I haven't read, but I I very much feel like he is trying to create a comic book specifically geared to people of the age range of our main characters, the type of book that you would love to hide from your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The type of thing that would give you a rush to read, knowing that if your parents saw it, they would take it away from you immediately. Would, yeah. Well, you, uh, and that's the other thing. I, I also think that this is why this book is not, for me, is because I'm not, I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not... I'm not Dave and his two friends, and I've never, I've never been Dave and his two friends. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just like I will, I will applaud this one for not having as much casual homophobia as the first miniseries. That's that's there's for only sure. there's only one gay slur in this entire book, and it's in the last issue. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I, there's also like the the other part of like you can make a book for. You can make a comic book for these kind of people. These and I know these people. Like Mark Miller does a good job. Like I know who these dudes are. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're the people that comment on my articles at CPR. <laughs> You're not supposed to be reading those. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't. I don't. People okay. Tell me horror stories. Okay. Uh, I read other people sometimes, and that's a mistake. 
too. Um, the thing is, is like I don't, I don't think it's. I don't know. And this gets into what you think the role of a creator is. I personally, the kind of stuff I want to create, I want it to be aspirational. I want to create things that depict the world I want to live in or characters that make the decisions I want to make. Yeah. Uh, whereas Mark Miller basically just takes three, you know, mouth-breathing dumbasses who love comic books way too much and are casually misogynist because they don't know better. Yeah. And just treats them, and just puts them in there and doesn't have them learn anything. Like, like... The, almost like one of the most disturbing things in a book where a guy gets his head cut off from a place with a dog's decapitated head. Yeah. The thing that shocked me a little bit more was when Dave was like, what am I going to do tonight? Probably just jerk off to those Facebook photos that that girl put on her Facebook page. That's the price you pay for accepting me as your friend on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, uh, which is, I don't know, date rapey, creepy, gross. A thing that everyone does. I'm not going to act like I haven't masturbated to <laughs> pictures of human beings not yeah i don't think not my friends but let's get into our masturbation habits here all right well um, but, I, <laughs> but the thing is it's like you i i feel like that is a trait that your supporting character you ha would have i want a hero that doesn't do that i don't know like i want like in order for me to relate to a character like dave i would want him to like you you can you can tolerate a story with a character like that but you still need a sort of standard bearer yeah. On top of that, yeah, so or to have be like, the sort of voice of reason yeah. or the, the pillar. Because otherwise, otherwise, the people that do just jerk off relentlessly to pictures of girls on Facebook are just being like, yeah! Yeah. It's, oh, and it's not even that. It's the, it's the, it's my right to. Like, that's what you get. Like, no, I think when she accepted your friend request, she just yeah. wanted to be friends with you. I don't think she wanted you to jerk off to her. Oh, yeah. see? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> that, that, and then uh, I'm trying to not just keep going on a rant, uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll dial it back. I'll dial it back oh. some. Well, you know, I think that's fair. Um, I, uh, I think it's interesting to have a protagonist that doesn't know better and isn't, doesn't, it, I don't know. He's 14, 15 oh, at this point? 14, 15, 6. I don't know, because like, like the movies, they're so much older because yeah. time works. Yeah. Like, Hit Girl's like 16 in the movie. Yeah, which, which is okay because of everything that she's doing in this it's book. better it's, to be a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that the, the level of... The level of violence in this book is shocking. Um, especially seeing John Romita Jr. draw it. And I think that's sort of the point, right? Like, get the most quintessential superhero, Marvel yeah. superhero artist and have him draw the most, like, insane... It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, so, so yeah, so Dave winds up... Uh, Dave... <clears throat> Yeah, so after Mindy trains Dave for a while, uh, Mindy's stepdad, Marcus, finds all of her weaponry yeah. and costumes and makes her promise to no longer uh, go out as Hit Girl. So she makes that promise, which basically means the end of her and Kick-Ass working together. Kick-Ass winds up going on patrol and meeting up with a guy who introduces him to... The uh, the 
superhero group. I'm using um, yeah. quote marks in the air. Yeah, all that stuff is delightful. Yeah, right? uh, Justice Forever. Yeah. Which ends with a great double splash page at the end of the first issue. Was, what does he say? This is the most awesome thing I've ever seen? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's true. Like, you have a battle guy who turns out to be his friend since he was, like, in kindergarten. Yeah. Clark Duke. I mean, like, I only know all these people through the actors that play No, them. sure, sure. Uh and then you get the aforementioned night bitch, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, she looks like she looks like someone with an S and M fetish tried to dress up as uh, a like Days of Future Past Phoenix. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, or like Typhoid Mary, like. Early 90s Typhoid Mary mixed with Sue Storm's early 90s costume. And oh, like, man, that like, non-costume thing yeah. that she had. Oh, and then also you get, um, who's the spider person? There's like a kind of arachnid-y type guy. I think he just calls himself the spider, right? Um, and he, again, is also wearing a kind of like gimp suit. Like it's kind of a Yeah, it's like a one-piece. Thing. It has like a little bit of spikes on it, which is, again, I mean, I guess if you're, if you, okay, if we wanted to become superheroes, yeah. I guess we would have to go to the 8th Avenue like sex stores. Right? Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying that, that's what I was thinking because again, you sort of look at what informs superhero costumes. And if you're looking for like the texture and the material in a real world, you're more likely to find it, I guess, in that place than you would uh, say at like a wholesaler in Midtown. Yeah, although I mean, I do. I mean, cosplayers prove that you don't have to wear gimp suits. Yeah. I also, I mean, I I like all this stuff is delightful. Like when he's talking about um, when he goes in this big speech about like you know chipping in for, to buy snacks. Yeah. Like like being a superhero is boring. Uh huh. Like we have to go on patrols. We I also like the um. The we every now and then we do like uh, help out. We like volunteer. Like food shelters, food yeah. shelters for all the damaged food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like. I like all that stuff. All that stuff is delightful. I kind of want a series about that stuff. Instead, we. It's almost like I was promised a series about that stuff, and I got this. Sure. <laughs> well, I think that that's that point. I think that was sort of the point, right? Like that was that was what this would have been if the motherfucker wouldn't have rolled back into town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a very violent confrontation at the end of issue two with uh, with the mafia. Yeah, they go and bust up an actual mafia uh, thing. And a two-page spread of... Uh, oh, what's the dog's name again? Does it have a name? I don't know. Sophia? Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. I was expecting a bad, like... Like, I don't know, like, ass dog. Or... Yeah, yeah, ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> bitch dog. <laughs> Damn dog. Or bitch. Yeah. Why wouldn't... <sighs> Why wouldn't the dog just be named bitch? See, I would bitch? have accepted the dog being named bitch, but if they hadn't have named her night bitch. Yeah. She was like night stalker. Yeah. you can't have... I mean, I guess you could have two bitches. It's Mark Miller. They can all be named cunt face. Who knows? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, very violent. Uh, Two-page spread of the dog biting down on a man's balls. Yeah. Um, with money flying all around him. Art is great. The art's fantastic. And I'll tell you, like, the ink washes look really cool over John Romita's pencils. And then Dean White goes in and just knocks it out of the park with the colors. The texture that you get in these pieces, that's something that, I, yeah. that I'm always... 
not disappointed with, but I always notice in John Romita art more than others is colorists can color him and make his art look very flat. Yeah. And that's not the case here. There's a, there are, there's a depth and there are dimensions to the art here that I just adore. Yeah. Uh, what is now uh, issue three <laughs> starts with the guy getting his balls bitten off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I really like all of the, I really like all the Justice Forever characters. Like, I like that there's parents of a boy who was kidnapped. Remembering, remembering Tommy. Tommy. They, they're a duo that call themselves that. And I like that they like, oh, they couldn't make it because they both have like, they have to work. Yeah. There's, I'm trying to, there is a book or something out now that I keep saying it's like kick-ass, it's like the kick-ass of kick-ass. Like, there's a book or something that I've read recently that seems like an actual realistic portrayal of superheroes mm-hmm. that doesn't devolve into highly ultraviolence, but I can't, yeah. I can't think of what it is. Maybe it's the tick. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, most know. likely. Uh, but I like... I like all that minutia. I, I, that stuff is good. That stuff feels like real characters. So many of the other big moments in this book just feel like Mark Miller just trying to make people mad. Like, there's an insincerity to it. It's like, you Insincere how? Just murdering children. Like, basically, it's like, hey, what, what, what pushes people's buttons? I'm gonna murder a bunch of kids and then have them rape a girl on the next page. And it's like, that doesn't, you don't, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't I, have to show that. I agree, but it's almost like a punk comic in a way that, like, you listen to, like, not that I necessarily agree with a lot of his uh, uh, vocal content, but someone like Tyler, the creator. Like, yeah. you listen to a Tyler, the creator album, and it's just rampant with misogyny and all yeah, this and I violence. Hate Tyler, the creator. It's, oh, sure. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> but, like, it is. It's music that's specifically targeted to, like, a certain type of teenager. And isn't that horrible, though? Like, it's... it's, I mean, because, like, I think that is horrible and wrong, and creative people shouldn't indulge that. I don't think that... Is it indulgence? Well, that's, that's an interesting... I think that's an interesting debate, then, too. Is it indulgence or is it release? Are you releasing these sort of ideas that you had through your art... Why do you have those ideas? Oh, I don't know. Like, that's... I mean, that's... Like, that's, I mean, that's the... It's like... The, it's the weird... Because I, I also think there is a there is a fine line of, like... You know, do people murder people because of video games? And I don't think that's true. No. Um, but I do kind of... I do think... After, like, seeing my... This is a heavy episode, but Kick-Ass 2 does that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, after seeing my, like, 10-year-old nephews, like, talking about, like, magazines and clips and, like, different types of Uzis and stuff because they play, you know, like, Halo and Call of Duty all the time. Sure. Like, seeing your 10-year-old nephews talking about being an assassin and sniping people. Yeah. You start realizing, like, I trust, like, my sister is not going to raise them to think it's okay to kill people. Like, I know yeah. that they, but, but also they still have all this information in their brain. Yeah. And... And it's just it, it gives it makes you sensitive to things that maybe we shouldn't be sensitive to, or makes you um, not not sensitive to things that I think we should be sensitive to. Do you is is your concern then that exposure to art like this will create a greater likelihood of someone reenacting or taking the wrong message away from the art? No, I think 
I read a I read a thing on Tumblr uh-huh. <laughs> about about like uh, about why you shouldn't laugh at rape jokes, and that because because before I was like no you can you can you can make a joke about anything and as a comedian who has been a part of many rape sketches yeah uh, uh, in my day um, the the point that the the poster was making was like you know we can make a rape joke and it can be understood that the comedian does not believe in rape, mm-hmm. has not raped anyone. and it, it, But, like, the thing is, is if a person makes a rape joke and 90% of the audience gets, like, man, rape, we, we understand rape isn't cool and we know that guy doesn't think rape is cool. Yeah. There's still probably, there could still be 10% of the audience that is like, yeah, girls do ask for it. And they just got validated. Like, that's the thing is, like, hearing a rape joke, hearing everyone else around you laugh at it, yeah. in the brain of, like, the tiny percentage of people that are cool with rape, that is just validation. And also because when you get down to like the nitty gritty psychological profile of people that rape people, none of them think they're committing rape. Yeah. Like all rapists are like, no, they were asking for it. Or like, she meant yes. You look at that crazy guy from Philly last week that was sentenced at uh, Arturo. No, I don't know about this. Oh my God. He kept kept three women chained in his basement. Okay, that guy. Yeah, I I know about that dude. And then said it was their fault that they didn't didn't do a better job of treating him for his internet porn addiction. What? Yeah, that was his his statement before sentencing, was that all of this was their fault, and that he's not a rapist, and he's not a mean person, and he isn't prone to violence. See, and the thing is, is like, I don't think that anything made him do that probably other than himself. But the thing is, is like, what if that guy were kick-ass? Like, what does he get out of kick-ass? Yeah. And kick-ass isn't doing anything to tell him that it's wrong. Because even at the very end, in issue seven, when kick-ass confronts the motherfucker and is like, hey, you raped, what's her name? Like, I don't even know what her name is. That is how much of an object she is in the story, is I don't even know what her name is. He's like, hey, you raped my girlfriend. And then motherfucker's response is like, she wasn't your girlfriend. Yeah. Which, like, no kick-ass. The correct thing to say is, you raped a girl. Not, yeah, you yeah. raped my girlfriend. Like, her not being... Like, her just being a girl that he stalked doesn't erase what he did. But the book kind of treats it like it is. Like, the conversation right. gets stopped right there. Right. Once he's like, she wasn't your girlfriend. Basically, the, the inference is, why do you even care? Sure. <laughs> I will say, though, that like, it is... Stuff. It's it's immature teenagers yelling at each other, though, too. Yeah. So, like, in a sense, I feel like those characters wouldn't even know no. or understand that difference. And, that's, and, it's, yeah. and it's, it's hard, and, and I agree with you, but it kind of falls into, like, the Salinger trap, right? Yeah. With Catcher in the Rye. Um, I never read it. That's why I'm not in prison today. <laughs> <laughs> you are in prison, man. Prison of the mind. Free to shackles. Seriously, sometimes I feel like Tumblr is a prison of my mind. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to to get into solitary confinement on Tumblr. Once you have this, once you have this switch turned on, I've been like getting mad about this. I've been getting mad about how easily I get mad about things lately. Sure. But like, once you get that that switch turned on, of like, hey, go to a movie, and when you watch the previews, notice how many male protagonists there are. Yeah. Once you just get that in your head to do, you can never stop doing it. Right. And you were always shown that, yeah, nine, like, 90% of movies are about men. And it's just like, that's always in your brain now. So yeah. now, like, okay, I can't believe I didn't bring this up before. Right after I watched it, or read an issue four, yeah. when the Red Mist comes back into town and wants to, like, 
basically damsel in distress, the girl, and he, like, kills a bunch of kids in the neighborhood, kills a bunch of people in the neighborhood, then rapes the girl. I then pause to eat dinner and watch the last two feminist frequency tropes <laughs> versus women damsel in distress videos. <laughs> which is, Love it. Which is maybe the worst context to finish reading Kick-Ass. Great palate cleanser. <laughs> Great palate cleanser. Horrible. So, yeah, so last night was a trying time. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> uh, but no, I do. I do totally agree. Like, it's like the sad thing is, is that this is how kids talk, mm-hmm. and things like this aren't going to stop kids from talking like that. And part of and and it's like, no, it's not Mark Miller's job to do that at all. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It just kind of bums me out that as a creative person, you don't want to try and change that. Like that creativity can be a tool for so much good. Yeah, I mean, when you in, when you look at. Miller's body of work over the last several years, the majority of it is, it's majority creator on work, but you're looking at a lot of, like, hyper-violence. Yeah. I, like, at a level, like, even something like Nemesis, which is about an adult, and all of these... All it's of about these, a bad guy, right? Yes. Um, as much as any of these are good guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, it's... It's interesting because you you wind up getting into the idea of like, okay, at what point are you using this as social commentary and what point are you exploiting it? Yeah. Because do you think that there is, like, what would be the deeper social commentary of Kick-Ass 2? The question in everyone's mind in no, Summer No, that's a really good question. Um, and... I don't. Is there one? That's, I, I, is there I, one? And maybe is that is that maybe oh the God. the issue is, at hand what here? What does it all mean? I because I do think I feel like it teeters around one kind of like because I mean okay you know what I'm going to tweet Mark Miller right now and I'm going to ask him if there's a deeper social message if we get an answer by the time we put this together. On Sunday, we will post script okay. and add his uh, response. Um, but if I was going to... I feel like it, tip, it tiptoes around one, just to put words in Mark Miller's mouth. Because I think that the book the book glorifies violence almost to a point where it starts showing how bad it is. Or like... Or there's... In issue 7, when there's a big Times Square, or there's a big Manhattan bra between all the toxic mega cunts and then all the Justice Forever... And all of their respective mains, and it's a huge, huge battle. Uh, it culminates in the motherfucker and Kickass on the on a roof, one on one. They beat each other senseless, and Kickass just like, kind of almost accidentally shoves him off a roof, and uh huh, and then like well, not accidentally. I mean, he, yeah. he hits him like he he means to take yeah. him on. Yeah. So but briefly, he, t- uh, the the motherfucker assembles after he has. Uh, forced Dave's dad to out himself as kick-ass to protect Dave. Yeah. And then has his dad murdered in prison. Yeah. And then at his father's funeral, sets uh, sets explosives in the caskets of all yeah. of the people in the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, so he's done a bunch of bad stuff. Um, but, like, after you get that, you get, um... I feel like you get close to what this book should have been about. And Kick-Ass, like, he says, just fucking die, hits him with his baton, his, like, nightstick, knocks him over, and then Kick-Ass's internal monologue 
says, Suddenly it was over. Suddenly it was all too real, and I wasn't the Punisher or Batman or some guy from an action movie. It was me standing in a wetsuit, looking down at some kid I just pushed off a building. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like that is the message, sort of, is like violence doesn't solve anything. Like, violence is not the answer. Like, but I don't know if you can make that message after the previous six issues. I don't, I don't, or I don't even know if that's the message he's trying to make. The fact that I'm questioning it shows that it wasn't delivered super neat and clearly. Sure, but the fact that you are asking it means that There's something, it may exist there. At this point, I was just desperate for anything. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard. And I'll tell you, I felt, I felt slightly uncomfortable in a lot of places while reading this. And I'm someone who, like... You've seen the stuff I watch. Well, no, we've seen the like, stuff I read. Comedians, I, like we are comedians that hang out with comedians, and we are all like, I don't, we're not oh, super sensitive people. Yeah, or we're a mix. We're I feel like we're a mix of hyper analytical and also not that sensitive. Yeah, where and even when we do get in, like the fact, like all the enraging I'm doing right now is all because I'm being like super analytical about it. I don't really, I can't think of any comedians we know that are just like. Knee-jerk angry without having a truckload of, like, reason behind it. Yeah. Uh, and I I also... I do think anything can be funny. I do think anything can be funny. You just have to think about it. And be careful about it. And make sure you're going with the right intentions and that the right things can get... Uh, get... Construed from it. Is that, that, is that the opposite of misconstrue? Construe? Uh, yeah, construe? Yeah, is construed a word? It is. No, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I gotta be honest, Brett. I'm kind of of two minds here because uh, I firmly believe that there's no right way to interpret art. Oh, no. That any type of art is entirely subjective to the eye of the beholder. Tell that to my high school English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on the other hand, on the other hand, when a message is, is thrust out there the way that it is here, I'll say overall, I because I feel like I haven't said it yet. I liked this book. I enjoyed. I enjoyed reading it. I definitely got uncomfortable at the level of violence yeah. at which it at which it reached, but I liked this book. Um, I like where it ended. I liked um, the paces are all there, and and the story structure is solid. And it, yeah, you know, you could mad libs this into like a great, great all ages, very yeah, approving comic. Yeah, uh, like you take the you take the violence out of it, and it could very much be. Like an all ages book, because the stuff that happens, <laughs> aside from the hyper violence, you know everything else that happens is very realistic to that idea of like teenagers trying to be heroes. Yeah. Like you have to promise me you're not going out and doing that ever again. Yeah, you know you're my such son. A sweet moment. I'm gonna take the rap for you. Um, and then a couple of pages later, you see him hung in a, in the prison with like poop. With a poop puddle at his feet. Yeah, a, po a poodle. <laughs> so, uh, man, like it's it, it's the same feeling. I gotta say, it's the same feeling I get when I read Game of Thrones. Okay. Good people don't get rewarded. 
In fact, they're yeah. punished for being good. You know, Dave's dad dies. Um, it like Kickass does like the only the only character that I feel like is Hit Girl is the only decent character in this book. I think. Yeah. She's the only one that actually plays out kind of like a superhero. And she, even she's kind of a sociopath. Yes, very much so. <laughs> but I do, but the fact that at the very end she has the book's kind of <clears throat> kind of one of the book's only hero moments. Mm-hmm. In that when the cops are coming to arrest Dave because they've because Dave well also Dave calls the cops, calls 911 to help save motherfucker, which I guess yeah. is which I guess is one of is a hero moment for him. Uh, when Hit Girl notices that Dave's been spotted, she takes the rap for him. She jumps down there, she gets in a car, and she distracts them. So yeah. He, he, so, like... And also, like, she is a female character with agency that I... And also one that is super capable. Like, I mean, she's... I, I question... The only thing I... The only questionable thing I have about Hit Girl is her uh, use of... Uh, uh, genital pronouns or whatever, which is what I talked about with Nicole last week. Sure. Is that, like, again, like, everything bad is a bitch, bitch or a pussy. pussy. You need to have balls. I have balls. Like, yeah. I, and it's just like, I would love for a character like Hit Girl being like, you need to cunt up. Yeah. That's a thing that she would say. I actually Wouldn't love, that be great? I gotta be honest. I love that term. Cunt up? You gotta cunt up. Again, sorry. Is there, are there trigger warnings for the C word? Uh, I guess just apologies. Apologies for the... Sure, but I, I kind of like taking back that word in that way. It's, it sounds good. It sounds very... It sounds as aggressive. It sounds way more aggressive than mana. Yeah, because it, it... Well, that's because it has a hard consonant sound on yeah. either side of it. Yeah. And uh, and it's two syllables. Yeah. Right? Cunt. Cunt. No, cunt. No, you, it's only clap. You clap a syllable. Right. Cunt. <laughs> Almost 80 episodes, and this is what we've uh, devolved to. Thanks, Mark Millar. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah, the there's a giant war in Times Square that the motherfucker has arranged. He draws by Twitter, the, too. All that yeah. stuff is so cool. Yeah. Like, the fact that he has, like, Twitter followers. And also, I like, wasn't my, like, the first Kick-Ass was a very MySpace book. Yes. Because that came out a couple years before this. And by here, like, we're on Facebook now. And they, like... Yeah. That's like kind of touched upon earlier. Yeah, Hit Girl actually briefly makes fun of Dave. Yeah, for you. He's saying, like, you're going to go hang out with your MySpace superheroes yeah. again. And then it's all Facebook from then on. Yeah. Like, I think all that is cool. Absolutely. Want, uh, that world, the world building is cool. The, the fact that Mark Muller has this voice and doesn't choose to do anything worthwhile with it kind of bums me out. What do you, what do you mean? Well, the fact that he does this and doesn't like, and just presents things like homophobia, misogyny, and violence, and rape as just like things of which there are either no consequences or eh consequences. Yeah. <laughs> which, again, considering the cast of characters he has in this book, would be hard to do. He would have had to have created a very socially conscious 12 year old yeah. to school all these people. Make that character Hit Girl. Wouldn't that have been cool if, if Big Daddy or whatever had instilled with her a foul mouth, a bunch of, like, cutthroat violent, violent tactics, but then also, like, fucking social justice, you know? Well, she, well, she does like, have like that, that in a sense, though, too, doesn't I guess, she? yeah. You know, she also yeah, is she, yeah. fiercely loyal and, yeah. like, in, 
insists on keeping the promise that she made that she wouldn't uh, yeah. go back. Because she even says in her room, she's like, oh, daddy, why did you raise me? That's a great moment. It's an ama- I think that's my favorite moment of the entire book. God, more of those moments. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there are a lot of adrenaline highs in this book. And a lot of big gasp moments. And Mark Miller does those well. He yeah. does he does those really well. He knows how to he knows how to make a big shocking reveal. And I, I mean uh, I love Civil War. Yeah, I love Civil War. I liked Ultimate X Men a lot. Ultimates is one of my favorite things. Yeah, his run on Ultimate X Men was really great yeah. all the way up through Return of the King. I mean, like he's not he's not a guy I dis I dislike at all. Uh, it's just I don't know, kind of bums me out. Uh, also, what do you think? Does think about what you think. Who do you think are Kick-Ass's biggest fans? Like, the kind of people that love Kick-Ass. Does that affect your opinion of Kick-Ass? Because I feel like with Dave Matthews Band, and Dave Matthews Band fans are stereotyped as being douchey and bratty, and therefore right. we don't like Dave Matthews Band. I don't know how I feel about, like, people, but I'll say dudes, because yeah. I feel like they're dudes. Sure. Who super get behind Kick-Ass. Yeah. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like those guys. But I like... But I like Dave Matthews. You know? <laughs> I do. That's the difference. I do. But I'm, I'm saying... I don't know... I know, I know, what, you're, I know what you're saying here, and I'm, and I'm honestly trying to think about... If Kick-Ass were a real person, would I be turned off by his actions based on the people that are... That, that, most closely associate themselves with him. Yeah. Or even just, like, knowing who the target demo of Kick-Ass is. Like, I don't know. I feel like those are the people that make fun of me. Those are the people that are all about Second Amendment. And are all about, I don't know. I mean, I'm a super liberal (laughs) Democrat. I don't know that it would affect me. I think it would depend. (laughs) I gotta be be honest, I don't... I want to say that it wouldn't. I want to say that it wouldn't. But again, I'm speaking in the theoretical, and I'm and I'm trying to trying to actually think this through. If this if this really happened, if he were real, and it was a bunch of like monster energy chugging juggalos that were like, and also Yo, you, you like juggalos, yeah, yeah. You Kickass do. is going to be at the gathering this year. He's going to beat yes, up Tila Tequila. Yes. If this was real, yes, they would be at the gathering of the juggalos. They totally would. I wonder if they. We should. We should. Follow up that tweet to Mark Miller and ask awesome. him to write the Juggalos into Kick-Ass 3, which he's currently writing. Juggalo would be... A, yeah. Oh, see, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. I... I don't know. I, want, I hope... I would. I'll, I mean, honestly, listeners, I... More so than probably any other episode, I want you to read Kick-Ass 2 and tell us what you thought about it. Because yeah. I don't think... One thing, this book came out, I never heard about it. Yeah. I don't remember hearing any angry vitriol or, like, essays or screeds. I didn't write any. Sure. Um, so I don't. I actually don't know how this is regarded. Uh, if a lot of people who I think are, um, like, well-thought and rational, nice, intelligent, uh, socially-minded people are like, no, Kick-Ass 2 is fine. Like, I feel like that would, I don't know, that would be interesting to read. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts about this book. Or any of the books that we read. We, we love to hear from you guys. Um, please let us know. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Jump on the Facebook page. Let us know. Because odds are we might have made you super mad. 
Yeah. I might have. I tried to tone it down. Guys, we really we really pushed your fucking buttons tonight. We pushed your fuck buttons. <laughs> what? The book ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, way, with guys. her. Oh, yeah, with Hit Girl. And it says the end of book three, so I'm guessing that... They count Hit Girl as book two. Yeah. Which, um, oh, that confused me. Yeah. I went back and checked to make sure that I read the right thing. Yeah. After reading seven issues of it. Oh, the, 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 the word? What happened? Yeah. Um, I will say what I do like to in... Speaking of all of the violence and stuff like that, John Romita pulls no punches in the artwork showing the oh, consequences yeah. of it. Faces are so bruised and puffy. Like, she is a goddamned mess at the end of this story. Yeah. She's just absolutely... Like, the most beat-up I've ever seen a child, of a, a drawing or otherwise. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not going to see the movie, but I am curious. I have no idea. I will this definitely be, be seeing the movie. This is NC-17. You'll have to tell me. Like, they yeah. have to have removed the, the group of six-year-old children getting brutally oozied in the face. Like, that cannot be... I mean, I guess it could I think be. that's part of... I, I think that that stuff's in the movie, and I think that that's part of why How Jim Carrey shot? announced that yeah. he oh, didn't... Fuck. Oh, God, just put that together! It's that scene! <laughs> no! Why? Why, America? Why? You know, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting book. Like I said, I liked it. I liked it, but I know that it has its share of <laughs> issues. <laughs> Seven of them. No, it, it's... Reading this, like I said, I got uncomfortable at the level of violence, but as I got uncomfortable, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just getting my head too far up my own anus, but as I would get uncomfortable, you mean, you I mean would... You your Mr. Anus. My Mr. Anus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the male, the male version. Um... I was. I, I would continue to wonder: Is that the intent? Like, yeah. is this where I'm supposed to be? Am I supposed to be this uncomfortable, or is it like, you know, if you're uncomfortable with this, then fuck you, man. Uh, I do like the sort of. There is definitely a kitschiness to the book. Like every issue has a dumb, like a dumb screed yeah. written on it. Like, like old school. Death by Cosplay uh, is one of them. Cheaper than many comic books. Yeah, a dollar cheaper. Um, this issue dedicated to street fighting. Get tasty, awesome, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a kitsch to it, and, and I don't think that... I don't think that there's any intention for... There's no ill intention here. But I think this is almost kind of essential reading just because of the unpacking of the issues that it comes with. Yeah. I mean, like, authorial intent. Uh, man, it's like with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Because Millar has, Miller has so much power. He does. He does indeed. He I mean, does this is the it. guy, this is the guy that is in charge of Marvel continuity uh, for Fox Films. No. I know. <laughs> but he's also he's also good friends with Matthew Vaughn. No, and like first class well, he didn't have anything to do with first class, but No. Wolverine was really good. He's not well guys, we'll discuss those. Whatever. And don't forget <laughs> the writer of Kick Ass Two. No, yeah. 
is doing X-Force. Also the gentleman doing X-Force, who, with whom you have had exchanges We've been talking on Twitter. on Twitter. He... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He seems like a cool dude. <laughs> I, I, I don't... I, I, I hope... I have, I'm going to be an annoying fanboy about X-Force. I'm going to be the kind of person I hate about X-Force. Because ah! uh, if, they, if they adopt Wolverine's Black Ops team, I'm just going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to like it. But yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Uh, so yeah, um, if you guys are interested in finding out what all of this, all of this serious talk was about, mm-hmm. uh, you can purchose Kick-Ass 2 by Mark Millar and John Romita Jr. at mattbrettlovecomics.com. And you can buy printing through Amazon links that are in the show notes. And any purchase that you make on Amazon through our online store kicks a little bit of moolah back to us. While you're at mattandbrettlovecomics.com, why don't you check out some of our back issues like Ms. Nicole Dressel and writer Kelly Sudaconic talking about planetary issues one through six. Or our crossover episode with Comic Book Club talking about the mutant genesis relaunch of all of the X-Men books from the early 90s. True that. Uh, we also love hearing from our listeners. As we said, this episode particularly, unless you are Superman and hate us, then leave us alone. No, no, bring it, us. bring uh, it. <laughs> uh, please tell us what you think about this or any past episode on our website or Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics, which we are now starting to give away comic books on. Yeah, guys, we're giving Marvel away digital digitally. download codes, so if you want in on that action, like us on Facebook and yeah. uh, join the conversation. You can also find links to all of our social media presence under the Who Loves Comics tab on our website. And if you fancy what you've heard here today, please rate and review the show in iTunes. It helps us out in a lot of ways. I'm not joking. We really need reviews and ratings. Do it to us. Do it to me 20 more times. There you go. 20 20 times. Guys, you are our best spokespeople, and we love you to death. We love so much that you listen, and that's only why we say that. Uh, But please, if you have any friends that may be interested in what we read or how we talk about books, let them know about the show. And as always, thanks to our producer, Brandon Gieb, who does everything we don't understand how to do. You are the hit girl to our kick-ass. Yeah, stop punching us. (sighs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Guys, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us for Kick-Ass 2. We will be back next week with another chat episode, and after that, yet another book club pick. Very excited about our next book club pick. Ooh, yeah. Stay tuned for those announcements. Yeah, but until next time, this is Matt. And this is Brett. And we love comics. Yo, no, no. Call me me Nightmare. Call me Nightmare.